0: Hey folks, I'm Nick DeLisandro, and I would like to talk to you today about turkey. This is Wait 5 Minutes, a podcast about Florida by a Floridian and today is Thanksgiving. But more than that, it is a day where people eat a metric ton of roasted turkey. I'm taking a break today while I am currently baking some pies with my family to tell you a story about a bird and a man. The sort of thing that I always like to talk about on this show. Some dork who loved birds so much that he eventually got to name a few in his lifetime. So that is what we're going to talk about today. But specifically, I'd like to talk to you about turkeys. 46 million turkeys are consumed nationwide on Thanksgiving. It's a strange tradition, of course, with, let's say, a complicated history. But the essential fact of our meals that we have every Thanksgiving is that we have turkeys, and turkeys are explicitly very American. One part of the American myth is that before we settled on the bald eagle as the national bird of America, someone suggested that the turkey should be the national bird. Benjamin Franklin himself allegedly suggested the turkey as our national bird, calling the turkey, quote, a much more respectable bird, end quote. And the eagle was, in his opinion, quote, a rank coward, end quote. <laughs> I don't know what a bird did. I don't know what an eagle did. A rank coward. I don't know what eagles did to Ben Franklin to make him call them a rank coward, but boy, that delights me to no end. It's a very crass generalization of the eagles, specifically. I've never heard such, a l- ins- such an insult leveled at eagles. Well, Ben lost, and the eagles became our national bird. Either way, Franklin did express this opinion in private letters, suggesting that the turkey should have been our national bird, and despite his eagle hatred, that great bird of prey won out, and the turkey... Instead, became dinner. But more than on our table every year, turkeys roam the wilderness of our country. There are five subspecies of turkey that roam the United States. They are the Eastern Wild Turkey, the Rio Grande Wild Turkey, the Miriam's Wild Turkey, the Gold's Turkey, and the Florida Wild Turkey. That's right, friends. Of the five subspecies of the United States, only one is named after a state, and it's the only one that can be found only explicitly in one specific state, in Florida. You can also find Eastern Wild Turkey in Florida, but you can also find it throughout pretty much the rest of the country, all the way up to Canada. But the Florida Wild Turkey is aptly named. It is Floridian and only Floridian. It's sometimes called the Osceola Wild Turkey. It's known for its smaller size, darker coloring, and prominently brown tail. Their body also features iridescent feathers that shine in the Florida sun, green, and purple. Now, I'm no turkey expert, so if you show me a bunch of turkeys and you ask me to pick out the Florida wild turkey, I I would not be able to pick them out of a lineup. But uh, nevertheless, this little turkey has gained a very special place in my heart. You can find them in, quote, the piney woods, prairies, and hardwood hammocks of South and Central Florida, end quote. They even wander near the swamp. This is their home, and they are ours. Just like us, they stalk the green spaces of our state. 80,000 to 100,000 of them. You've likely seen one and not even known it. The Florida wild turkey is all around us. And like I said, they have two names, the Florida wild turkey and the Osceola wild turkey. The second name, of course, comes from that essential figure in Florida history, the great leader of the Seminole people, Osceola, who led resistance against American colonizers during the Second Seminole War in the early 1800s. We should talk more about Osceola on this show because he has become a mythic figure for Florida. We have counties, cities, towns, roads, everything named after Osceola, but... We haven't talked enough about the man himself, and we will, but his name has been assigned to this turkey, Florida and Osceola. They've become synonymous with one another. Osceola himself died in 1838, 14 years before the birth of the man who would name the bird after him. But their closeness in history is striking to me, only 14 years. The man who would use Osceola's name was named William Earl Dodge Scott, born in April of 1852 in Brooklyn, New York. Scott was a scholar studying at Cornell and Harvard. While attending the latter, he met with an entire class of ornithologists, other brilliant folks who studied birds throughout the 19th century. It's incredible to me to imagine the conversations these people had in Harvard at the burgeoning age of ornithology. The study of birds had obviously been around forever but this was a new era a lot of the people who we now know for their efforts in studying and cataloging birds they came about during this time so i cannot imagine the conversations that were happening in harvard at that time i know they're experts in birds and that may not be thrilling for everyone but as a bird fan myself to imagine these young brilliant passionate bird researchers all in one space it brings me a lot of joy i cannot imagine those conversations After Harvard, Scott would soon go on to work at the museum at Princeton University, where he would work for decades, all while traveling across the country cataloging previously unnamed birds. He would catalog these travels and his experiences in a memoir that he published in 1903. Its title is perfect. Its name is simply The Story of a Bird Lover. A few pages into the book is a drawing of Scott from 1902 in an enclosure of birds, part of his laboratory at Princeton. Scott is seated low on the ground, lovingly looking at the birds surrounding him, some alighting on his shoulder. He's giving them a wry look, almost as if they're his pesky co-workers as well as his great passion in life. If you aren't at least a little bit in love with that image, then why are you listening to this podcast? Nothing better than that. A person who cares, and their birds. Most of the book is online to read, and I've skimmed a bit of it. It is a bit dense, admittedly, but there is a chapter titled The Gulf Coast of Florida, which describes in detail his steps visiting the state of Florida. There's actually a few chapters cataloging his trips through Florida. Clearly, he had a lot to see. Obviously, birds are very important to our ecology, and Scott had much to explore in our state. He went all over. He was all over the Gulf Coast, up to Jacksonville, and downwards through the Florida Keys, down to the Dry Tortugas. He went all over. He saw birds of all variety, from buzzards and eagles to flamingos and wrens. He cataloged their movements and descriptions and their presence in the greater Florida ecosystem. He was focused, as I'm sure many ornithologists were at the time, on the migration of birds. Did these birds stick around in this area or did they fly in from elsewhere? Why were they here? What were they getting out of this ecosystem? Etc. But identifying and unfortunately likely killing these birds in order to collect data on them was part of the job. In 1890, after gathering extensive catalogs of birds not just from Florida, but also from Virginia, Georgia, and the Carolinas, Scott now had a ton of birds to not only name and identify, but to place his name next to for all time. It was then that he named the Floridian wild turkey. He called it Meliagris galapavo osceola. So, Meliagris galapavo, I believe that's how you say it, that is the traditional Latin species name for the wild turkey, but by attributing that third name, that gives it that subspecies, and that's what delineates it as the Floridian wild turkey, and like I said, to be synonymous with Florida, he added the word osceola, Meliagris galapavo osceola. Those first few names, they just describe it's a bird, a fowl, related to other birds in its family. Chickens and peacocks, but that is the delineation for a turkey. But Osceola, that's what makes it Floridian. Someday I'd like to spend some time on this book, on these Florida chapters, exploring every nook and cranny of ornithological study that William Earl Dodge Scott did in our state back in the 19th century. He clearly got a lot out of Florida, and that makes me pretty proud. Our birds are remarkable, and there's so much to see. I'd love to dig into more of what he found back then, and maybe trace a few of his steps through the bird world of Florida. As strange as it is to say, I am proud of this little turkey. It carries the name of one of our great heroes. It roams our peninsula exclusively, and that makes it ours and ours alone. The Floridian turkey is as much a member of our greater community as your neighbor in the home or apartment or wherever next to you. The Floridian turkey is our neighbor. Even if they aren't our national bird, perhaps they should be our state bird. I don't know. It'd be nice to have a bird that is exclusively ours, and the Floridian turkey fits the bill exactly. I love our bald eagles, but you know, maybe there is some merit to the idea that the turkey holds a very special place to us. So to that end, I'd have to agree. The Floridian wild turkey is more than respectable. It is remarkable. Thank you for listening. And that word obviously has very special meaning today. Thank you. It is Thanksgiving, which in my family really is just a day all about gratitude and being grateful for the things that we have in our lives. And more than ever, as I always say to you, I am very, very grateful for you. This show has allowed me opportunities that I could never have dreamed of when I made that first episode over five years ago now. And I am extremely lucky to have you all in my life. So thank you for telling me you enjoy the show, for sending me messages, sending me photos of the places you explore thanks to recommendations from this show. I cannot tell you how much it means to me. I make this show because I love it. I love doing this work, but also because you listen. And knowing that you're there, out there, ready for another story every week, it's what makes me show up every week. So on this Thanksgiving, I must say I am thankful for you. I will see you on Monday with a new episode. Until then, be good to yourself. Be good to others. Drink more water. Go Gator and muddy the water. And have a very happy Thanksgiving. See you Monday.